Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Welcome to the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast, a show where I interview guests that teach, motivate, and inspire. Today, we're going to be talking about all things travel, because as you know, the holidays are coming up. A lot of you are going to be traveling, so I figured it would be good to have a travel expert on, as I am joined by the founder of Yampoo Tours, Monica Irowski. Monica is a New York Times speaker, as well as a travel expert and trainer. So we're going to be talking to her about her experiences and everything that her company does. Monica, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Curtis, for having me. Why don't you start off by telling everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, 23 years ago, my husband and I had traveled to Machu Picchu just the year earlier, and we were trying to decide, um, you know, what our next move was career-wise, and we started a travel business selling tours to Peru, and um, that was wonderful because we loved it, and we shared what we loved with our, our new clients that we found, and every year we went to a new destination and um, and then we started selling new new tours, and now we do over seventy countries. All right. Well, sounds like you definitely are doing a lot there. Tell us about your experience. It's, yeah. Um, you know, owning a tour company has been amazing because I'm able to um, share what I'm passionate about with people all day long and I'm always thinking about what I'm passionate about and I really like making people happy so um, and travel makes people happy most of the time so that's a really nice you know reason to get up every morning and you know I never complain about it being Monday or you know uh, even though I do like Fridays because I drink margaritas on Fridays but I do I do love what I do Absolutely. It's five o'clock somewhere. So, <laughs> so tell us about some of the places that you have actually went to and why they were some of your favorite places. Well, okay. Um, so I guess I'll start with Peru because my husband's from Peru. That was the trip that inspired us to start doing this. And I've been back almost every year, it, it, not for the last two years, but before that almost every year. And um, Peru has just a little bit of everything. It has, of course, it has Machu Picchu in the Andes and Cusco. Um, these are the really beautiful places. Uh, should be on everybody's bucket list. Just out of God's imagination, you know, just beautiful. You just, you just want to stand there and just take it all in and, and meditate and be quiet and, and just watch. You know, that's always how I feel when I go to Machu Picchu. But Cusco, uh, Peru also has... Uh, the jungle and all the beautiful plants and fruits and vegetables that come from the jungle. It has the desert, one of the driest deserts in the world, uh, the Nazca Desert. It has um, the, you know, so many different kinds of, 
of biospheres. It has the jungle, the Andes, the desert, the ocean, and, and the fusion of food that comes from all of these different areas. And also all the immigrants that have come in over the years, um, the Chinese, the Japanese, um, the Spanish, of course, who came so many years ago and made such a big influence on Peru. And then, of course, the Andeans and the um, people that live there themselves. So we have this beautiful mesh of different um, cultures that, that go into the food with these beautiful ingredients. So I always like to talk to people about the food in Peru. Uh, it's one of my favorite things. And usually I'll include like a cooking tour. We also, um, Peru has stayed very uh, in the Andes and also in the jungle. You'll see that people have, have kept to their culture. They're not, um, you know, Lima is a very sophisticated city, but when you get out to some of the, the smaller villages, um, they have a very deep culture that's so different from ours that I really enjoy sharing that and learning about their culture and seeing how different yet similar uh, they are to, to, to me. Uh, that always makes a big impact on me and my family and my clients. Um, so I share this with all the clients. So I would say Peru, I've gone on about it too much, but um, also Kenya is one of my favorites because I love nature and I love animals and uh, I love the people in Kenya again. So, you know, being on safari, I could just do it. Some people think they can't do it more than three or four days, but seriously, I did it for a month just visiting safari camp after safari camp. And I just loved it. So I couldn't live without Kenya. And then I could just go on and on all day long. I mean, I love Italy. I love Greece. I love Japan. Uh, Laos was an unexpected treasure. Um, and I went there just before uh, COVID. So I was so grateful to have gone there. Cambodia is an amazing country with amazing people and such such an interesting, intricate history that's, that's sad and devastating, yet has brought us some of the most beautiful people I've ever met on earth. Anyway, Curtis, you have to stop me because I could go on and on. Well, tell us about, you said in your bio, how you feel that everyone should use a tour company to schedule travel. Why do you feel that way? So, um, yeah, because when you use a tour company, we figure everything out for you before you go. And there's a lot of time is spent on, you know, talking to you, uh, finding out what you like as far as what kind of experiences you want to do, what kind of hotels you like. And then we've been to all these destinations and inspected the different kinds of hotels so we can you know, once we talk to you, we can match you with the hotels and the experiences and the guides. And we, we take a lot of time to match everything perfectly. And then we really work through the details of every single detail from the time you arrive on the plane, uh, someone is there waiting for you with a sign. And this was always the most important, one of the most important services in a tour because Right when you get off the plane and you're tired, sometimes you've traveled 8, 10, 12 hours, 14 hours, 18 hours to get there. And somebody with a cheerful face is waiting for you and they whisk you off and take you to your hotel and help you get checked in. And it's such a great way. And now 
after COVID, I feel like it's safer not to get in the car with a stranger. You know, it's the cars are very clean and they're definitely going to be there. Right now, there's a sore shortage of transportation worldwide, as far as I can tell. So having that transportation set up, it's also like uh, when you arrive at a busy airport, sometimes it's the worst place for mishaps. You know, um, some of these countries, everyone and their relatives go to the airport, you know, so you get out of the plane and there's hundreds and hundreds of people in there. They're asking you, oh, come, come with me, come with me, you know, so the safe transfer is really important. And then um, having every single um Thing planned out for you. For example, in Peru, you need permits to get into Machu Picchu. You need permits to go on the Inca Trail. So all of these little details, the train, all the tickets, everything has been bought for you. So while you're on, so it helps you to budget because really the only thing you don't pay for in advance is your meals and tips and shopping. You know, um, everything else is paid for. So you, you can budget what your trip is going to be and then um, you don't spend half your day figuring out where am I going today? How am I getting tickets? Am I going to have to stand in a line? You know, we're figuring all of this out for you. And our drivers and guides are um, safe. They're personable. They, they give you like personal stories about each country that you just don't get on your own. A lot of places that I've gone on my own, I just didn't really get the full benefit out of it as I would with a guide who gives me, you know, some history, he gives me personal anecdotes, and, and they keep you safe. And so that's really important. And um, also when you're traveling with a group or a family, I know I've done trips where I'm, I was like, I don't, I'll just go, I won't use our guides, we'll just go to the beach, you know, and we spend half the day arguing about what we're doing, you know? So <laughs> one kid wants to go kayaking and the other doesn't, you know? So if you plan it all out in advance and you have a family meeting and you go over it and everybody kind of knows what to expect and they just kind of get in line and, and, you know, enjoy themselves instead of spending the whole time thinking about what you're going to do. And also we can take you places that um, you can't go on your own. Like for example, I, in Costa Rica, we went to this butterfly farm and this is not something, there are different butterfly, you know, museums and things around the country, but this is a farm. These people raise these butterflies for uh, museums and they don't take very many people in, an, in a day. So we were, it was private. We went in and we had um, a beautiful meal. The woman showed us how to make chocolate from the cocoa beans that she had collected from her farm. And then they showed us how they farm the butterflies. And it, it was a really beautiful experience. I learned, I've been to so many butterfly places, but I've never learned as much as I learned there. I learned about the camouflage on their wings. I, I learned so much. Were, and they were all flying around. It was an amazing experience. Um, blue morpho butterflies. I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they're almost the size of your hand and they're bright blue. And those butterflies that flying all around. I just actually put a TikTok video if anybody wants to look for it. And it's my first TikTok video that went viral. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Um, but everybody really loves those butterflies. And that's the kind of things that tour operators know and they can get you into that you would never find on your own. Wow, never knew that they had butterfly forms. <laughs> Let's talk about COVID. You mentioned COVID. Talk about some of the travel bans that are in effect and where can people actually travel and 
where can they not go? Okay. So if you're vaccinated, you're going to have a lot more options than if you're not vaccinated. I would say that um, Asia is pretty much out for this year. I think that Australia will be opening soon, but Asia's out. I, I just wouldn't plan for uh, until the, maybe the end of 2022 to go to Asia. But Europe is pretty much most of it. Uh, you can go to Croatia. You can go to Greece. You can go to Turkey. You can go to Italy, um, Spain. You can go to most of South America. You can go to uh, Central America. Mexico is uh, an option for someone who's not vaccinated. You can go to Mexico. The options for unvaccinated um, people, they, you still may have options, and you'd have to ask me about it because it changes all the time. But for unvaccinated people, a lot of countries in Central and South America will still accept you with a, uh, a negative COVID test. So that's good. I think Europe will be harder for the unvaccinated. Um, so it's actually kind of way more complex story right now than it was a year ago, because a year ago, the rule was the same for everybody. But now that, you know, there's kind of, there's people who are, who are pretty much, you know, getting their vaccinations and the ones that aren't, and all the rules are different for each one. So we have to take it on a case by case basis, but you have a really a lot of options right now of where you can travel. Well, since we're kind of in the holiday season, a lot of families are going to be together. Then you're going to have stuff like Valentine's. Let's talk about the best travel trips for, you know, couples, kids, you know, family type of stuff. Okay. So for couples, I have, there's a private island in Panama and they actually have a couple of rooms for New Year's still left. As of a couple of days ago, I don't know how long it will take this um, to air, but as of a couple of days ago, that beautiful private island had, and they have these cabanas that kind of look like Robinson Crusoe, but they're, and they're right on the beach. It's just amazing. And they're very cutely decorated. And the service at this place is amazing. And so that would be a good place for couples. And then for families, um, I'm real, I like uh, Belize. Uh, Belize, they speak English there. Um, so it makes it easier for parents, you know, who have young children that really need to communicate more with the hotels. Um, and Belize has the second um, largest a reef in the world after Australia. So there's some amazing snorkeling. And I, I still have this picture of my daughter when she was about 10 snorkeling and she had picked up, you know, something and it, it uh, I, I forget what it was, but it was something that she'd found under the ocean and it was really beautiful. And, you know, you can see, um, you can see turtles there and um, uh, manta rays. I remember my kids were really scared of the manta rays at the time, but the guides really knew how to handle them. And it's really, and, and then you go into sharks alley. So you see these little sharks, but they're not, they're not harmful ones. They're um, like reef sharks. Um, so really beautiful, clear water. Um, so really Belize is one that's really good. Ecuador is great for families because uh, the Galapagos is like a science lab. It's just great, you know, and kids love it. Um, so I would say 
um, Galapagos, and then in inland Ecuador, um, you could go to the former president's home. Um, we could do a cloud forest where you can ride kind of like a little cycle at the treetop, like hundreds of yards in the air. That's incredible. So we could do something like that in Ecuador. Costa Rica is always like for kids, there's so many, that's where the butterfly place I was telling you about is. There's so many birds and monkeys and sloth and just animals everywhere in nature, not in a zoo, you know, but just out, just walking on a trail. Um, you can see so much wildlife in Costa Rica. Um, so Costa Rica, and then Costa Rica has the volcanoes. And I definitely suggest don't just go to Costa Rica for the beach. That's the wrong plan. If you if you want to go to the beach, just go to Mexico. <laughs> Beaches are better in Mexico anyway. Go for the nature and the jungle and um, learning about plants and animals. It's incredible, Costa Rica. So uh, those those are the really good ones for families. And then if you want to do like older families with older kids, um, I think that I've got a lot of families doing Dubai lately and Turkey and Croatia have been big with families this year uh, as with older kids. And then also I think Egypt is amazing this year and it would be really good with older kids or, or your children that are in their twenties. So teens or people in their 20s, kids that are in their 20s, plus their parents and grandparents, you could all, you could all do a Nile cruise together. Um, you could go to the beach there. There's just so much to do, so many incredible things to see in Egypt. So that would be a good one. And also Turkey is lovely. And you could, eat, you could rent a boat. And Croatia. Croatia has food and beautiful experiences. Um, so, so many old cities that are just incredible. And, and there was a town called Zadar in Croatia that has an organ that is played by the waves. It's incredible. There's just so much to see in Croatia. You, you would really need like 10, 10 days to two weeks there. So those would be my ideas for different kinds of, of um, different kinds of groups. And then also I, I only said Panama for couples. Any of these destinations can be done romantically for couples. Also safari is amazing for couples. Botswana, Kenya, Tanzania. So all of those would be good too. Speaking of a safari, what, what tips would you give somebody on, on planning a safari? So I actually have um, done a speech on that at one of the travel shows. I believe it was in London times. I did a speech on that because I, I did a talk on how to talk to someone like me about your trip to Africa, because a lot of people will call me up and say, I want to go to Africa. And Africa is so different. You know, it's kind of like the United States. Every state is different. So I usually ask them, are you mostly safari oriented? Is that your main goal? Or do you want a mix of, you know, beach and wine and, and city and safari? And so if they're, if they're really, if their main focus is safari, then my two favorites would be Kenya and Botswana. But Kenya, I sell the most because I can get more for the money in Kenya. Tanzania is also great, but it's more expensive. So Kenya is the 
one of Kenya, Tanzania, and Botswana were my favorite as far as wildlife. Now, if you want a variety, South Africa would be better because you can do safari for four or five days, and then you can go to Cape Town. Um, you can you can um, go up to Vic Falls, which is on the border of um, Zimbabwe and Zambia, and it combines really well with South Africa. You can do the garden route. There's so much to do in South Africa, and it's not all safari. So you have you have a lot of culture, a lot of um, different nature, wine, um, adventure. I've done great voice adventure trips that I did for South Africa and Zambia combined. Um, that was really fun. So um, it really just depends on the client. And so what you, another thing you want to talk to your travel advisor about is what kind of accommodation that you are happy with. So if you, I love the tented camps. For me, if I can get anybody to go to a tented camp, I mean, I, I just think it's the most beautiful, natural, you know, the animals are right outside your tent. It's amazing. But some people wouldn't be comfortable with that. Some people need walls and a door, you know, that locks. <laughs> so, and, and so for those people, like maybe South Africa would be better. Maybe it has a, more of the lodge options. Kenya and Tanzania have them too. Um, but it's definitely something to discuss with your travel advisor. And then also, what kind of vehicles do you want? Because if you are traveling from place to place, um, you might have a vehicle that has you could stand up and you put your head out and you see the, the wildlife from up above. But then when you're going on the roads or if there's tetsi flies, which is, are in Tanzania sometimes, they can close it up and then you're safe. But if you want to be in one of those, you know, you've seen the pictures of people in a complete open car. And this is all things that you need to discuss with your travel expert, because they're going to make sure that you get what's in your, your dream. The worst thing is to have one thing in your head and arrive there and it's something completely different. So an open vehicle, usually we do those on flying safaris where you fly into the lodge and then the lodge has the open vehicle. And those are great. You know, because you're just like, I mean, I, the first time I was in one of those was in Botswana and there was like this huge lion with a big mane, like four feet from me. And I was in the front, but it was just an exhilarating experience that I'll never forget. So um, definitely you want to talk to your travel advisor about every single thing that you've read about, any pictures you've seen, send them. Make sure that we know what is in your mind and in your heart, because this is one of the most important trips you'll ever plan. Well, talk about disability accommodations. You know, you have people that are blind and have all types of disabilities. How do you guys accommodate people with disabilities? Well, in Africa, there are um, safaris that can can um, do wheelchairs. If someone is blind, um, anywhere in the world that I would send them, our guys could completely take care of them and um, really make it a beautiful experience. And, and any kind of disability or any kind of anything from being in a wheelchair to maybe it's an allergy, we need to know about it. And we will make sure that every single person you're going to meet along the way knows 
that, um, you know, that maybe, you, you know, for, for example, you're just allergic to shellfish, you know, every single place that you eat will know that you're allergic to shellfish and, or you have any kind of disability and we will tailor make the itinerary around. You know, I have some clients that knees are failing and they, they want to get out and see these things, but they really just can't walk that far, you know? So um, some things like, um, you know, we can do like a different entrance, like most people have to walk a path, but then sometimes they have an, an entrance that somebody that has a disability being able to walk would be able to go less or they could go. I know in Iguazu, um, Argentina, they have wheel wheelchairs with huge wheels. They can get get out on those paths. Um, so some places we can we can find things like that. Um, so we definitely do our best to work on um, you know getting the best trip for anybody. Just need to really be open with us about what you need. Well, in some places you go to, you know, you have to have malaria medicine. So give some tips on getting the right malaria medicine and what people would need to do to take care of that? That's a great question. So I have a blog on that in my, uh, somewhere on my website. And um, it's called the good, the bad of malaria. There is a, a chart on the CDC website and it's really hard to find, but, and I have it on my blog and you could just click the link. And if anybody wants it, I can send it to you. That chart goes through the different kinds of malaria medicine there are and what the pros and cons of them are. And then each country that you're visiting has different kinds of malaria. Not all pills will work for each country. So there's another chart on the CDC website that will show you what malaria medicine is good in what countries. And then me personally, I like, um, I usually give my family and me Malarone. It's more expensive, but you take it the day before. So you don't have to take it like well before and well after, like you only take it for the time you're there. And um, I believe it's one pill a day and it doesn't have um, bad side effects. In fact, it actually clears up your acne because you can also use that for acne medicine. So that one is the one that I like, but it may not be, be for everyone. And it's good to also have read the pros and the cons before you go see your doctor. Because if you go, I mean, I, I'm from a small town, so I don't mean to knock small town. But if you go to a small town doctor that hasn't had a lot of experience with travel, they may recommend you you know, larium, which is way too strong. And you don't need that in most places, you know. Um, and that really messes with your head. So um, you want to make sure that you kind of know what you want. And then you ask the doctor, can I have this? Because the doctor knows what you're allergic to, you know, what your, what, what your other health um, limitations are. And then you also just need to cross-reference it with that page that's what country you're going and if it works there. But Malarone works in most of the places that I sell. So that's the one I usually tell people that I use. But also always check with your doctor. Well, I know this is going to be different in each area, each place you go, but talk about what to pack and how do you interact with the locals, just maybe in general, because I know it's different in each place. Yeah, so each place is different. One thing to think about now is water bottles, because um, some countries like Costa Rica, 
for example, and I think Kenya too, they don't, or maybe it's Rwanda, one of those, they don't allow a single use plastic anymore. So taking a water bottle with you would be good. Most of the um, good hotels have good filtered water for you um, so that you can get safe water to drink, but you, you're not using the single use plastic. Um, so that's a good one. Always, um, you know, layers on most places that you go have uh, can can vary a lot in temperature from morning to the afternoon to the night. So layers are always good. And as far as um, interacting with the locals, so in my documents, I have a couple pages on this for each country because every country has different norms. They have different laws. Like I think it's Uganda that's like it's illegal or it's South Africa. I think it's Uganda where it's illegal to walk across the street looking at your phone, which I think is so funny. That's probably I remembered it because, um, you know, my my husband does that all the time. He walks across the road reading his phone, you know, so that's illegal. So, you know, you want to know like, you know, in some countries, you know, putting your foot up like a bare foot up is kind of like they they frown upon that you know um that would be very rude so each and every country has its different like little social norms so we'll write up a few pages on that and it's kind of really nice to to study that but for the most part everywhere I go people are very friendly and I suggest that you just try to talk to people they're friendly they want to know about you um, they're probably intrigued with you because you're you're different. You're you're you know you're from a different culture. You look different from them. You dress differently from them. So they're really interested in you. And so just you know smile and um, you know don't feel uh, don't feel shy. Really interact because they love it. Everywhere I go, people love when I re- interact with them. The other thing is they just ask them questions about their life too. And, and you really get to know them and um, it's, it just makes your experience much more meaningful. Give us some tips on staying healthy when traveling. That's a great question. So if you haven't traveled very much around the world, one thing that you might want to avoid, and I hate to say this, is fresh vegetables because the water that they use in the kitchen may just just have bacteria on it that you're not used to, your body's not used to. And so it can get you sick. If you're eating at maybe a very upscale restaurant or an expensive hotel, maybe, you know, but if you're, especially if you're just eating at a restaurant you just walked in off the street on, you wanna get things that are very well cooked. Um, so that's the number one rule is no fresh vegetables like out in the street, you know, that have been washed with their water. Okay. And then also, depending on what country you're in, you might not be able to drink the water right out of the tap. So you do need some kind of, um, the hotel usually has um, water that's been processed and is, is tourist friendly. Our guides will bring water um, in the countries where they're not allowed to bring water bottles. They'll bring, you know, the purified water in a, in, in a container that they can pour into your water, um, your water bottle. Um, so be careful of the water you drink. One thing that I never let my kids do is if I'm in the Caribbean or anywhere that's hot, like Central America, and I, I love those small towns, really local fishing villages, you know, in those hot, sultry destinations. 
So if you're there, and especially like third world, like Central America, like they their electricity can go on and off. So I would would not let them have ice cream unless it was like a really well vetted place, you know. Um, like a, and definitely not in one of those carts, you know, when people walk around with carts, I wouldn't let my kids eat ice cream out of one of those carts, you know, um, it had to be like in a mall or something, which I hate to go to malls when I travel, but you know, uh, it's just some, one of those things that if, if the ice cream gets unfrozen and frozen, you can get sick. I also got sick having mozzarella in Colombia. This was 25 years ago. It was stupid to do it. I was in my 20s. I didn't know. But I um, I had fresh mozzarella at a bus station and I was deathly ill for days. So fresh cheese. Yeah, if you're in Tuscany, fine. But if you're in Colombia, no, you know. So um, just be really careful about the dairy products that you eat. Uh, also, like alcohol you know, make sure that it's, I wouldn't take it off the street, off the street, just a, a street cart or something. Um, you know, I want to see it in a bar, you know, I'd, I'd like to see the bartender pull it off the shelf and, you know, so be careful, you know, about um, what you're drinking, fresh vegetables, and um, just, you can't go wrong if, with rice and something really well cooked, you know, in any country or soups or things that have been boiled or fried or, you know, sauteed, you know, cooked really well to good temperature. But I also would like to incorporate volunteering in their trips. Tell them how they can do that. Well, that's a great um, question. We can do that in a lot of different places. One thing that you can do, anybody can do this, even if you don't have time, is go on the website, Pack for Purpose, Pack for a Purpose, and they have um, different hotels that they, they work with, and those hotels will usually have some kind of organization that they are supporting and they give back to, and they'll have a list of things that you can bring from home and leave with them that they need. So you, you fill your bag full of stuff and then you can go shopping with all that empty space. So that's a really good thing you can do. The, you can volunteer. The, a tour company like mine can arrange um, volunteering. We can arrange, you know, go to community. Um, I had a, some clients that were optometrists and they went into a community in Peru and they made like 35 pairs of glasses for the people right there on the spot. So that was incredible. They changed 35 lives that day. But so you could bring whatever your skill is, you know, if you're a teacher, we could have you um, work with some kids teaching. Even um, we've, we've organized like games, like just playing soccer with some kids. My daughter went to Zambia and she worked for a month. And she taught kids and, and they, they were so sweet to her and they, they wrote her a song when she left and it was just a beautiful experience. So almost every country that is um, that there's some countries that they don't actually want us to volunteer. They're very, they have a lot of pride, like Japan, it was really hard for me to figure out because I had some clients that wanted to give back and it was really hard there because they have this big a big amount of pride and they don't take charity. So some, some places need us and some places don't. Um, so I would say 
have sensitivity to that, but if, if you're needed, like we had um, some clients build a house in Chile and this was incredible to me because they built that house right before COVID. They built it in, uh, I think it was September, 2019 and, you know, got a, a family that didn't have a home into a home. And when COVID hit, they were, they, this family had a home that they didn't have before. So that, that was really amazing. Um, that they did that for them. So, so you know, depending on your budget and what your skill set is and how much time you have, we can arrange some some volunteering for you. Do you have any current or upcoming projects that you're working on that people need to know about? Well, we've been working on adding a lot of destinations to our, our repertoire because we had a lot of time where we weren't booking clients. So we've been um, adding a lot of different destinations um, we added all the stands in Mongolia and um, Croatia and gosh, we added um, Fiji, uh, Polynesian Islands, um, Tahiti. Um, so there's a lot of um, destinations and that we added that we, so that's what project that we've been working on the last six months. And so I would say to people, because I've been noticing that I think when people plan on their own, a lot of times they'll go to a beach resort and I've been noticing that the beach resort are, the prices are just incredible. They've gone up like three or four times as much as what they were two years ago. So right now working with a tour operator that can take you into really quaint places and you can see culture and you can see nature and you can do adventure, that may be the way to go. The next couple of years and so you know I would say to people you know be open to it and um, pick a destination that you're interested in work with a tour operator hopefully it's me and and do a trip that you know you're seeing different things and you're not just sitting in one place every day be open for an adventure and I think it's going to work out probably better price-wise and and definitely we help a lot with all the different changing and navigating all the different COVID rules and they're always changing and we're, we're constantly checking and double checking and you know, changing flights and this and that, you know, for people. So it's, uh, that's what we've been working on. I hope you guys will come and work with me on it. Well, you mentioned your blog and, and different literature that you have. So give out your full contact information, your website, social media links. So that way people can connect with you and use you to travel. Sure. So our company name is Yampu. It's Y-A-M-P-U. And we're yampu.com. And on our website, you can chat with us. You can email us. Um, you can call us. Um, so every kind of way that you would want to contact us is on there. And we also have Facebook and Instagram. And my personal Instagram, I'm Monica with the C. Uh, Irowski, I-R-A-U-Z-Q-U-I experiences. And that's my personal things that I'm getting in and adventures that I'm getting into every day are there. And I'm also on TikTok with the same name and Instagram and Facebook. So yeah, um, you can search me and also um, definitely get on that Yampu website. We have all of our countries that we sell there. The tours that we have on the website are a starting point. Um, a lot of the most amazing destinations are still in our heads, but everything's on the website. All the countries we sell are on the website 
And it's a good idea to what is in each country and kind of start getting excited about it. Do you have any final thoughts to close it out about anything travel, anything that we missed? Yeah, I would just say that if you haven't traveled internationally, um, get a passport and pick the, the country that you've always wanted to go to and start with that one. And if you do it through a tour operator, it's going to be easy. It's going to be seamless. And you'll really get the, um, you know, get excited about travel. And if you used to travel and you haven't traveled in a while, I would say now it's time to go back to travel. But I would say don't don't do it between Christmas and New Year's, you know, or on spring break. Like pick some off-season times and you'll have way more fun. Because if you're at the airport and it's super crowded and there's a million people, <laughs> you know, and long lines everywhere. And uh, one thing I wanted to tell you guys um, that I meant to mention earlier is um, a lot of the employees this year, the, a lot of people are understaffed and there's so much demand. So I would say um, have patience with everybody. Don't be late um, because that, that makes you more impatient. Just try to always like be kind of like not pack too much in your day and, you know, save room for, you know, the, the mishap here and there and just be really patient with all the, the people that are working in um, hotels and airports and, um, you know, buses or wherever you are. Um, just be patient with people because they really need it right now. I've just been noticing that. Ladies and gentlemen, Yambu Tours, Monica Irowski, please be sure to follow, rate, review, and share this episode after listening, especially to all your travel friends. And hopefully after listening to this episode, you'll get into travel. Android listeners, go to the Google Play Store and download the Living the Dream with Curveball podcast app. Monica, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, you're welcome, Curtis. Thank you. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream. dream.